Puck It, We'll Do It Live is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. And you know what? They've got this amazing, easy, two-tap checkout process. You know what I wish I could do with just two taps? Pretty much anything. That would be amazing. Two taps and you're done. You're out of here. How simple is that? It's great. The GameTime app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Welcome to Puck It, We'll Do It Live. We're back. It's Tuesday, November 19th. Zach Pierce here, managing editor of the Athletic Minnesota, joined as always by Dan Hayes, our amazing Twins beat writer. Dan, how have you been? Good. What up, Puiddle Nation? That's right. We are back. It has been a long time since the season ended. We went into hibernation. We did not look at any baseball media. We do not know who won the World Series. We will. We don't know uh, be, about the cheating or anything like that. That's right. Nothing. Laser, laser focus on spring training and the Twins and all things Twins. Dan emerged from hibernation last week to go to the general managers' meetings in uh, where was it? Was it Buffalo or Poughkeepsie? What, yeah, what? it was. Uh, it was Buffalo. They cho- they chose the coldest. No, it was uh, Scottsdale. Oh, the, Scottsdale, right? And the hotel was called what? The Omni Montalucia, and it has this amazing view. And by the way, wheels, oh. the riders don't stay there. The GMs just choose these amazing spots. But it was okay. an amazing view of Camelback Mountain, um, which uh, is uh, spectacular. And it, this place is – you just walk on there and you're like – even though you're at work, you're, you feel like you're in vacation mode. Uh, uh, so you go there for three days and basically try to talk to people as they uh, – as they wander around to their meetings and, and you talk to GMs for, you know, an hour a day. And it was quite a busy week, actually, for the Twins. That sounds terrible. I uh, I love Camelback Mountain, one of my favorite camel-shaped land formations that's out there. But uh, I'm glad you had good views. Were the drinks good, too? Uh, they were. They were. Okay, they were. No, no. You did partake. Of course. Good. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. Off-duty, <laughs> of course. Don't worry, fans. But anyway um, – so the Twins, obviously, uh, coming off a 101-win season that ended in uh, a first-round or division series, I guess I'd say, playoff loss to the Yankees, just as you and I and Aaron Gleeman predicted. I'm kidding. We all picked the <laughs> Twins to win. But uh, So here we are. The offseason is here. Some things have happened, obviously, a lot uh, still to figure out. But I think the most notable thing that came out of the GM meetings week, not that it was necessarily uh, – related directly to it but the twins extended jake odorizzi a qualifying offer uh, a couple weeks ago one year 17.8 million dollars he had until uh late last week to decide if he was going to accept it and he did and so jake odorizzi is coming back for one year betting on himself betting on a better free agent market next year when garrett cole is not part of it steven strasburg is not part of it and when he doesn't have a draft pick attached to his name dan obviously um we saw that draft pick situation cause problems for pitchers in the past, and it seems like Odorizzi is probably making the right decision here, even if he isn't entirely thrilled about having to make it. 
Yeah, no, and he don't get it wrong because he loves he's coming back to the Twins. He would have preferred to come back to the Twins. I think he'd prefer a long-term deal um, to come back and stay here and make it his home. But as of right now, that's up to the team to kind of negotiate. Both sides have indicated they'd be interested in that, but I don't know that there's been much movement. But, you know, you look at what he was kind of expecting out there, and he said he had interest, uh, but interest wasn't equating into dollars. And I know I saw one national writer, maybe John Hammond, say he was getting kind of getting low-balled. Um, it's the, kind of the risk you run when you have that qualifying offer attached. Lance Lynn found that out in, in uh, 2018 and ended up signing that one-year $10 million deal with the uh, with the Twins and was disappointed by his, his market. And, and you look at what he was able to do last year coming off of a the worst year of his career, and he's still got three years and $30 million from the Rangers. So clearly Odorizzi understands there's going to be a better market out there. Plus, when you look at it, and I think Aaron Gleeman wrote it um, maybe a week or two ago where he did his offseason free agent rankings, and he had Odorizzi sixth, and I think – you could argue Odorizzi's anywhere in that six to eight nine range. Um, he is he's a good pitcher who had a great year last year, but he's also a guy that's sort of a two times through the lineup. He's outstanding. That third time is a, a bit dicier. He's not a horse, and and he's up against a really good market with Garrett Cole, Steven Strasburg, Zach Wheeler, Madison Bumgarner. There's some really good pitchers out there, and I think he probably projects a little bit better in next year's class. I know that Trevor Bauer's out there and uh, a couple guys, but he, you know, I, I think next year is a very good class for him. And I think he saw that and, and probably expects that, you know, there were a lot of teams that were interested in him this time, but they, you know, teams get wishy-washy when you have to give up that third pick, the, your, your third best pick. Um, it's definitely something that is a, it, it's a tricky proposition and teams are so caught up in, in keeping their picks and the pool money that comes with it, that they sometimes don't want to get rid of those things. And um, I think Odorizzi and his, his management team looked at the market and said, we're going to do better next year and get a three. You know, he's only 29. I think he turns 30 in March. Um, he's going to be in good shape. And he comes back to a good team. He and Wes Johnson worked well. He knows he's going to go back to the – he's already been back to the Florida baseball ranch this off season to start working with Randy Sullivan again, who's – close friends with Wes Johnson. So his, his off season coach is close to his pitching coach. Um, it, there's a lot of good reasons for him to come back. And uh, he, he did seem happy about the fact that he's going to be with the twins again. I think he would like to be with the twins in a better position. Um, and, and free agents, you know, he, he kind of railed on the qualifying offer saying it was sort of restricted free agency versus unrestricted free agency. And I think that's something that we'll see play out as far as, with the MLBPA and the union and, uh, and and the ownership in the next CBA. Um, but he, he made sure to make his point that it's not a great setup for guys who are trying to be free agents when they can be kind of restricted by that qualifying offer. So uh, I think it was a, a uh, his, it was an unsatisfying dip into free agency. It was brief. Um, but I think he's very motivated and, and, you know, he knows he's in a great spot to come back and put up the same kind of numbers as he did last year. Yeah, the draft pick situation is kind of a, a messed up way to do it, honestly. Uh, this is probably not part of the scope of Pocket We'll Do It Live, but I just want to get that out there that I think. Yeah, we're, like we're preventing the, teams from spending, right? Right. Like Why the are NBA, you punishing teams? Right. 
and players. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the, I, I, the, you need like the NBA model where, you know, if you go and get an offer from another team, your current team has a chance to match it. So you still have the ability to keep the player if you want. But, um, but if they find a better deal elsewhere, they should be able to take it. And that's, or, uh, or the NFL gives compensation, but I don't believe the signing team loses draft picks. Right. Right. It, right. And like right. after what happened to Kimbrell and Dallas Keuchel last year, um, and, and now another round of it here this year. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. This is going to be a, a, a big issue at the next, uh, the next, whatever, what is it called? Bargaining session. Is yeah. that right? I'm not a, I'm not a lawyer or a smart person really at all, but, um, the bottom line, Odorizzi is back. Certainly the Twins are happy to have him back and, and to have him back without having to commit long-term to him as well. Um, but that only fills two spots in the rotation. Jose Barrios obviously is still under contract. Every other spot kind of up for grabs right now. Um, and you reported about this a little bit in your story on Monday, Dan, that uh, kind of the next priority for the Twins now was how do they fill those spots. One of them at the back end they figure is going to be an internal spot. But there's two positions there that leave open some possibilities on the free agent market. Yeah, and, and it's going to be interesting because I, I had a few people who are close enough to the Twins say they think that they're going to be big players on the second-tier market. And second-tier market's interesting. There's Zach Wheeler. There's uh, Ryu from the Dodgers. There's there's uh, Madison Bumgarner. There's some really interesting names out there. Um I wouldn't be surprised if they went after one of those guys. I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted to bring back Michael Pineda. I think they would feel comfortable bringing back Pineda, even the, even after the way last season ended and the fact that he'd miss a quarter of the season this year. I think they'd, they'd consider that possibility for sure. Um, but you look at the, the Twins, and, and they're in a position where they really they have the money to do it. I, I think they have the desire to do it. Uh, right now they are a team that – Saw an increase in their fan base by they they sold three hundred and thirty five thousand extra tickets last year. Their TV ratings went up like sixty six percent, and were fourth highest in MLB. the The game rating was like six point three. The average game rating, I believe that was fourth highest in MLB. Uh, radio does not publish their results, but I know that they had increases in their ratings too. Um, you know, first time buyers that had not or not first time buyers, but People who had not bought tickets in three years doubled last year. So they got people back to the ballpark who hadn't been there before. Basically, business-wise, they have plenty of reason to try and capitalize on the state. You had a, a, friend, a fan base that, casual fan-wise, it's understandable those people went away. I mean, I'm, I'm a Golden State Warrior fan, and I am doing my best right now to keep up and read about them and, and watch a game when I can, but I'm not going out of my way to watch their games. I mean, they have nothing right now. It's really, it's really weird to see a team that was that good go to this, and and so I understand the mindset of a fan that, you know, a casual fan has better things to do, especially when there's only you know four or five months of good weather. Uh, why are you gonna watch a hundred loss team? They had six years in a row of ninety four losses on average. So you have that group back again, and and you want to keep them and and keep them coming to the ballpark. And so I think there's motivation to do what. They need to do, and you know, if they can go out and do something like Wheeler or Bumgarner, and and uh, and and start there, and and throw those one of those guys with um with Odorizzi and Barrios, you know, they have a desirable situation. I Garrett Cole is not happening. People should just drop that from their minds. He wants warm weather. He wants Southern California. That's where he's from. And there's gonna be a boatload of money out there for him too. I mean, I, 
Angels are going to back up the truck for him. And and if not them, maybe the Padres, maybe the Dodgers. But somebody is going to pay him a lot out there to bring him in. Um, so you got to look at that that next grouping. There's still a lot of really good names in that next grouping because it, it's uh, there's there's good options. I think the Twins are are well positioned, and I I wouldn't be surprised if they made some kind of trade too. Where where that's going to be, we'll see. But I do know they've talked to all of their free agents, including Martin Perez. They talked to Kyle Gibson. They talked to Odorizzi before the qualifying offer. They talked to Pineda. Um, at some level, they have varying levels of interest in all of them. Uh, Kyle Gibson is going to probably get a job elsewhere is my guess because there was so much interest in him. I've had teams actually reach out to me, which rarely happens. Um, had fellow you know, you? people just asking. Yeah, well, you, you meet scouts and stuff like that over the years. and So people want to ask about what you know about them. And I had two teams ask about him. Uh, Are just you his sort of agent background. now? No, I'm not okay. his agent. Okay. <laughs> no, his agent is Randy Rally. Um, I mean, it's fine if you are. Just, no, no, no. But but okay. you know, I mean, All people right. want right. to know. They want to know an a a outsider's opinion on it, you know. And that's the great part is that you can give them a little bit of insight into what a player sure. is. And, sure. But because when they look at Kyle Gibson, they look at the dude and and the stature, the physical stature. I mean, he is your prototypical starting pitcher. He doesn't get hurt. He's what six five. He's he's not heavy. He's he's like almost too too skinny at times. His stuff is really good across the board. His his pitches are excellent. You look at that and you go, why isn't this worked out? You know what what's the problem? And so you want to gain insight into that kind of stuff. And um, he uh, he's gonna be intriguing for a lot of teams. And I wouldn't put it past. I know he wants to come back. I think the Twins. It's a harder sign for the Twins because fans are gonna are not gonna let that one go if he came back and struggled and and so I think a, a change of scenery kind of candidate right there where he could go somewhere else and you know people are gonna be pissed because he goes somewhere else and has success I mean that that wouldn't surprise me at all he's got all the tools to do it um, but it's gonna be interesting to see how they fill out these two spots whether it's trade or through free agency um, you know a big name like a Madison Bumgarner or a Zach Wheeler I think is going to only make fans more excited. Um, and, and at this point, that's what you want to do with your team is, is have names attached and, and drive, uh, drive fans to the ballpark. And I, I think they are positioned to do that. So plenty of focus on pitching from the GM meetings. Uh, Dan, what else stood out from your time there? Um, I, I really liked that. Uh, why? Derek Falvey and, and Thad Levine, uh, both they extended through 2024. And there was just a, especially with Falvey, there was a lot of speculation that when Boston job opened up, he would jump ship uh, internally. Um, it's funny, you know, you, you hear people say, well, this is a perfect opportunity for Falvey to, to take off. And internally, it was always like I was met with, uh, I remember Dave St. Peter was very confident every time I talked to him about it, it's like, man, this seems, why are you so confident? And, and, uh, they were in the final stages of, of this contract negotiation, extending him. And I think once they got him, they were, um, looking to Thad Levine and, and trying to keep him around. And he's had more opportunities, uh, because he's, you know, when you, when you go with Derek Falvey, you have to only bring him in as your president of baseball operations. Um, if you're another team, you have to, to, move him up essentially 
And, you know, Thad Levine as the general manager, there is upward movement. Um, so it's it's possible to bring him in uh, because because Falvey is the formerly the chief baseball uh, officer and now the president of baseball operations. If he moves to another team in that role, it's a lateral move, and there has to usually be compensation attached to that kind of thing. So the Red Sox would have had to have given up some kind of draft pick or something along that line. But Falvey basically made it clear he was happy here and loyal to this team. And I think he really likes what they've started to build and, and loves the situation he's in. And, and so it was kind of uh, interesting to talk to him and, and Thad about that because they both are they're on teams. You've seen it happen with the Rays the last couple of years. Look, Andrew Friedman's in L.A. Heim Bloom is now the chief baseball officer in uh, Boston, having been taken from Tampa Bay. Uh, when you're a team like the Rays, when you're a team like the Twins, where you're innovative and you are doing things other people in the industry are not, and you're ahead of the curve on that kind of stuff, people want to come in and 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 take you and and kind of steal away from those organizations and get some of those ideas in their own places. And I think uh, Derek Falvey was very comfortable here, and same with Dad Levine, and they felt like Minnesota is a home, and so they wanted to stick around, and and both of them tore up the final two years of their deal and added on another three. And I'm sure they're being handsomely rewarded for that. But uh, the twins are in good hands for, you know, foreseeably through 2024 now. Wow. Falvey and Levine want to stay. PJ Fleck wants to stay. It's just, it, it's warm and fuzzy right now. It's a Minnesota love fest, right? Yeah, it surely is. Um, plenty of other good nuggets in, uh, in Dan's story on Monday on the athletic about, what went down last week, there's some other uh, updates about um, a handful of subjects. The coaching staff changes, uh, Eddie Rosario, Mitch Garver. Check that story Sergio out. Sergio Romo. Sergio Romo, yes, thank you. Um, and uh, and then jump into the comments and get into debates about whether you feel sorry for Jake Rizzi or not because that's always an enter- <laughs> entertaining topic to talk about. Um, anyway, I think that, Dan, uh, uh, before we close the show today – we had this running gag during the year called the Nationals Minute where we gave producer Adam, who is a diehard Nationals fan, one minute. It started as a way to vent about his Nationals who were um, not doing the best when we started the segment. And then what do you freaking know? They won the World Series. Uh, an incredible run, an incredible postseason. Um, in some ways showed the Twins just how far they have to go to get there because of the two dominant arms they have starting games that that beat the Astros uh set of dominant arms to start games but anyway uh it would only it's it would only be right to let Adam come on and gloat after we put him through uh the ringer early on in the process so producer Adam are you there I'm here holy crap man I think I have I have you guys to thank right uh we we made it happen we reverse jinxed it you did, and you reverse jinxed it the entire postseason run that the Nationals had too, which I was not happy with you about. But now I can say thank you. I was texting Adam constantly during games, telling him how sure I was that the Nationals would win. You got this. Yeah, uh, to the point that I think Adam probably blocked my phone number, but um, I was right. So can I get some credit? Yeah, you can get a ton of credit, and I'm actually going through the text messages right now, and there's just a ta- a chain of text messages with curse words from me to you yep yep that's true i've got 24 outs to go producer adam hope you're enjoying this and that was from dan actually my response was don't be like zach (laughs) um what could go wrong it's a lock and then there's just 
a lot of things that I cannot say, even though it's a podcast and not on radio, that yeah. I just can't say. I will. I will. Um, if you're okay with it, I'm going to p- pick a PG-13 section of the text chain, and I'm going to use that a screenshot of it to promote this podcast tomorrow because I think that would be that'd be good for our readers to just get a little inside info as to what it's like behind the scenes here at Puddle. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So uh, first World Series title for the Nationals. Um, I think we can finally say that you can no longer be mad at Minnesota for stealing your baseball team, which is how this whole segment started to begin with. Uh, I think we are now, we're even, right? I would say so. I mean, listen, everything happens for a reason. And you all took our baseball team for this reason exactly, so that the Nationals could come back and win the World Series in 2019. In and again, two, let's go, let's just talk about how amazing it is. <clears throat> uh, how did you guys win without cheating? You know what? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a miracle uh, because cheating is clearly a big part of this game, and the Astros have, have proved it over the last couple of years. Um, however, the Nationals are just that good and were that good during this postseason and the World Series that even though they played cheaters, um, cheaters never prevail. I thought all along that Corbin, Scherzer, and uh, Strasburg was a really... I I just liked that matchup. I don't know why. I didn't realize how thin the Nationals' bullpen was going in, but uh, Sean Doolittle and and Mr. Hudson are amazing... um, Man, six pitchers somehow won a World Series. You see, it's funny because people from the outside don't realize. Like Everybody here in D.C., the talk was this is not just a bad bullpen, but in a historically bad bullpen. I remember that, yeah. But but you all on the outside, you didn't actually realize. You you would hear about it. You'd see see the ERA, but you didn't actually see these guys pitch. They're terrible to the point, like you were saying. It was six pitchers in the World Series. And, and that's what it was all postseason. Patrick yep. Corbin was not a starter this postseason. He was a bullpen guy. Yes, I know he started a few games, but you know what I'm saying. And that's just Davey Martinez, his brilliance this postseason of how he just managed this this pitching staff in the bullpen. Yeah. What a fun group. That was actually a really entertaining group to watch. And how awesome was the celebration with Howie Kendrick and Adam Eaton in the dugout? Which is, yeah, it's oh, yeah, so yeah. strange for me good. to see Adam Eaton three years removed from covering him. Uh, <laughs> really, really cool for him. And, and, and all, uh, what a great postseason. In all seriousness, Adam, uh, where were you watching the final outs and what was that What was that like to experience that? I was sitting in my living room on the couch where I sat for every single win. Nobody cares. I'm just, I was just fucking with you. I don't, <laughs> no, I know. No. Um, however, I'm still going to answer the question. No, please do. Um, and Zach, I think you, you could agree with this. Having a child, as amazing as it is, sort of takes away from the excitement that you can have when that child is sleeping. Because I couldn't scream at that final out. I couldn't. Because my child is directly above me. I think you could. You could if you wanted to. You would have to, you know, deal with the consequences. But which nobody would want to deal with. Well, I mean, if if you're a true fan, I, I, I don't know. This is a tough one. It's it it was a tough one. Um, However, um, I think that I did tear my tear my rotator cuff with all the fist pumps. All right. Um, But no, it was it was awesome. It was. I mean, it's something that is just so. It's something that DC fans never thought that we would actually 
get to see in our lifetime. Yeah, whoever thought a DC team would win a championship? I mean, it's just it never happens. Never happened before. <laughs> Jeez, hey, uh, don't want to hear uh, it, producer Adam. How how many hours consecutive was your blood alcohol level above the legal limit post uh, World Series? Um, it's a really good question. Like a four day bender? Were you just like were you stumbling from couch to couch around the city? I didn't move from my couch because I couldn't move from my couch. <laughs> It's not like it used to be back in the 20s days, but uh, Adam, congratulations. That's an awesome thing. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the hell out of it. And uh, with the rotator cuff injury, I believe the timeline should have you back in time for opening day. Yeah, I should be good for that. Yeah. And again, just so you know, I do have you guys to thank. So thank you guys very much for this. You got it. We are happy (laughs) to help you as always. That's the last Nationals minute of the season. I'm sure we'll have to do it again next year. Uh, Good show. Thank you, Dan, for the updates from the GM meetings. And uh, glad you got a little sun. Glad you got some nice beverages and a nice view of the mountain. Uh, and uh, it was good to talk to you again. It's been a while. Yeah. We'll be back next month for a uh, winter meetings podcast, I'm sure. Maybe, Why don't maybe you be we'll back next do... week for a special bonus oh, that's podcast? that's right. Yes, yes, yes. But then we'll be back after that next month, too. So uh, all of our loyal listeners who have been refreshing their apps every day looking for our podcast, now's your moment. There you go, Mom. Yeah.